0: Decision to destination. So we'll look at here. Thruly furnished. Thruly furnished. Making sure you pick up everything that you will need for the journey ahead. Now, you might, uh, you're on the next step of your journey here. You can pick. A lot of these things here in this place in uh, in college and I really want to encourage you to to get everything you can out of these four years there's a there's a lot that God has for you here and don't get distracted and busy and tired and worn out to where you miss you miss all these wonderful things that God can give to you here during these four years, and it only gets more exciting. I, I just, uh, I, I love life. I, I've grown to love the ministry more and more, and uh, I, I just, I'm excited to see God continue to do what. I heard preached about here. I get to see it, and of course uh, I get I get to see everything God's doing. I get to experience it, live it all the time. It's exciting. It, it really is. And I want to encourage you to just pick up all the tools that you can here, so you can just hit the ground running when uh, right after graduation. But Second Timothy chapter three, let's look at verse thirteen. It says, "But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived." Now, don't get discouraged when you look around. And you see all this stuff happen, just get excited that the Bible prophesied it. It's just one more reason to believe the Bible. Whenever you see this stuff going on, it's not surprised. Uh, we're not shocked. Jesus told us, uh, the Bible told us these things would be happening. The evil men or seducers will wax worse and worse. Here's our job. Verse 14. But you, us, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Listen, I, I know what this Bible says. I've been assured of it. And here you're at Bible college. That that's what you're doing. You're getting assurance of what uh, of what you've learned growing up. You're, just getting, you're getting further grounded in uh, the Word of God. It's a great thing. The Bible encourages us. That's what we should be doing. It says that uh, knowing uh, uh, and has been assured knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto the salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. Truly furnished unto all good works. That word, perfect, is mature strength, reach adulthood. My, I can carry if I if I'm going to go get wood to bring in from the wood pile. I can carry a lot more than my six-year-old. Why? I'm bigger. I'm an adult. I'm stronger. I'm more mature. And you can do more for God. You can pick up more tools and you can get more done for the Lord if you continue to mature and grow in your Christian life. That's what you're here to do. You're maturing. You're getting stronger. This is good. You're in a good place. You're doing a good thing. You're going to see God do amazing things with you and through you. If you just continue to grow and mature, reach that graduation point. Don't stop. Make it all the way to the destination. And once you get there, find the next destination and keep on pushing forward to the next destination. But along the way, it's good to pick up and be thoroughly furnished. That means have all the equipment that you need to get the job done. And the word of God gives us all the equipment that we need to get the job done. What job? Unto all good works. We're supposed to do everything we can for the name of Christ. Well, let's pray and we'll get started here in the message this morning. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. May I give something that just helps to encourage and Lord uh, push us along in this journey and Lord encourage us to, to keep pushing towards the goal. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us here, Lord, to have your spirit, your presence, God, that, that you may do a work in our heart that could not be done otherwise. And Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Every Christian is on a journey. And I'm going to say, God has a purpose and plan for each and every person each and every person in this room and if i was i've i've said this in the jail ministry when i'm in the jails and i'm talking to somebody in jail if you're alive god has a purpose and a plan for your life i just believe that i i believe that god wants and desires all men to be saved i find that in the word of god and therefore god desires to use and work in the life of every single person we've god has a plan for you he has a destination in mind for each and every single one of us In verse number 17, we see the destination to which God desires to bring us. Unto, we're going to arrive at all good works. Everything we're working, everything we're doing is producing good for the cause of Christ. The goal is for the man of God to be perfect or complete or mature, strong, reach adulthood. God desires to bring each of us to a place where we are reaching our full potential to bring him maximum. Glory from our lives. We are reaching all the people that He planned for us to reach. Where. God brings us where we're giving him all the praise that we could possibly give him. Where we're giving him all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul and strength. Where we're using all of our abilities and gifts for him. That's where God is wanting to bring us. Where we're giving him everything. From the moment God saves me he begins to work. He began to work in me and to take me to the place in my life where I'm reaching my full potential to bring him all the glory that I could possibly bring him a coach works on his team in order to get their maximum effort doesn't he he continually works on him he continually encourages them sometimes he smacks them around and sometimes he gets a little rough and uh, he gives them the motivational speeches and he chews them out for not coming to practice why he because he wants them to reach their full potential as a as a player and, and as a team he often say I want not a hundred percent I want a hundred and ten percent he says, that's impossible, but that's what he wants. He's trying to pull everything out of you that he can. The army, what do they say? Be all that you can be. A teacher works on her students to help them reach their maximum potential. Some she works on more than others. But parents help their children. I heard some omes, not amens, right? Parents help their children to reach their full potential. How do they do this? It's the Bible phrase in verse number 17. Look at it. Thruly furnished. It means to fully and completely equip somebody with everything they will need in order to enable them to reach their destination. The coach wants the team to get the big W. He wants them to get the win. But if he sends a football team, I guess y'all getting started, right? If he sends a football team out there without the equipment, I'd say it's gonna be a lot harder to get the job done. They might not have very many football players left by the end of the game if they don't have all the equipment that they need. Now, if they don't give you the flags that you need, that's a good thing. Just run around there and be free. Uh, No, you'll be out from the get-go. That's what it'll mean. So you want to make sure that you have all the equipment, the jersey, everything you'll need. You want the right jersey? You don't want to you don't want to be mistaken for the wrong team? I mean, this is this is the equipment that you'll need to reach the destination. This journey that we are on, however, is not a normal journey. It's not like some fun little trip we're taking with the family. In between me and my full potential to bring God all the glory he deserves are enemies who desire for me to bring shame to the name of Christ and be involved unto all bad works so that I can keep me from giving God what he deserves. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. So if we were going on a trip, a vacation, and we just got back from one, Make sure you have the suitcase. You make sure you have the toothpaste. You make sure you have the deodorant. You double make sure you have that. You make sure you have the hairspray. You make sure you've got uh, all the different changes of clothes. You make sure you got those changes of shoes. Uh, I know how the women work. You forget all your shoes. You have to buy new ones when we're out there. I, I know how that works. But uh, but you make sure that you'll have everything that you'll need for this trip. Now, this particular journey we're on, it's a war. It's a battle. I mean, it, it's a... it's. We've got enemies on the road. So I want some extra things that I might not be taking on a vacation. I want to take some things uh, as if I'm on a military campaign trying to accomplish a, a, trying to win a war. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The whole armor, thoroughly furnished, everything you need. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that could, uh, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. The Bible gives us equipment that we'll need to get the job done. Equipment that I'll need to be able to reach maturity, to be able to reach spiritual adulthood, to be able to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, to be able to, uh, to, to be used of God in a way to see him do whatever he would like to do in whatever town I'm in. I want God to have all the faith he'll need in me uh, to be able to accomplish great and mighty things that, that we know not, uh, that we could never even imagine or think. The Bible gives us all the equipment we'll need, and it gives it to us here in this passage. God desires for us to reach our destination, so he equips us and truly furnishes us. If you want to reach God's destination or your full Christian potential and reach all the people you can, bring them all the praise you can, give them all of your heart and all of your abilities, then you have to have this equipment. What's the Bible say here in Ephesians? It says take the helmet of salvation. If we're going to get to the destination, if we're going to reach our goal, if we're going to be able to give God all the glory he deserves, the very first thing we'll need is foundations. Foundations. The helmet of salvation is our foundation. The Bible, uh, I've seen it many times, the devil will get a a Christian constantly battling if they're saved or not. If you're fighting the very first fight that's You've ever had to fight, whether you're saved or not, you'll never reach adulthood. You'll never get to the point where you're able to give somebody else strength and encouragement if you're constantly battling the very first battle. Yeah. Foundations. You got to get the foundation strong. You got to get that assurance nailed down. You've got to make sure that you have foundations if you're going to get to the goal. What is your foundation? A foundation of assurance. Of course, the Bible says the helmet of salvation. My assurance of my salvation does not come from me, and it doesn't come from my ability, and it doesn't come from my talent. It doesn't come because I am a good person. No, it comes because Jesus was a good person, and Jesus paid the price. Jesus did the work that was needed to be done for salvation. I can put my assurance not in me, But in Him. In Him. I've seen probably people that have been raised up in church battle assurance of their salvation more than, more than those that come out of the world. And uh, it's always been a study of mine, always been an interest of mine why that is. But sometimes uh, your your battle of salvation was won by Jesus Christ. Just just put your faith in Christ and put your trust that he's done everything. when he said it's finished, it's finished. You can't add to what Jesus finished. You can't add anything that what Jesus was like, oh, I never thought about that. Uh, oh, I, I could use that. I, I'm thankful that you did that good work. Uh, no, it's it's finished. Uh, everything is done that needs to be done. Now the next step, it would be surrender. And that's where i found most people are actually struggling with. If you're not surrendering, you won't feel saved. You might be saved, but you won't feel saved, that's for sure. So just surrender and give your life to God. Foundations of assurance. My assurance is in Jesus Christ. But there are foundations then that must be not just in assurance, but in abiding. Let's go to John 15. John 15 again if you're saved but you're not living for God you won't feel saved and I've seen many people that have come to the place where they need to surrender but they won't they're holding on to certain sins they're holding on to certain ideas that the word of God has been hammering at they just don't want to let go if you're going to make it to the destination, then you need to learn to surrender, abide in Christ. John 15, 4 says, "...abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself." Nothing in my Christian life's working, then abide. We've got to get the foundations right. It's not that Jesus saved you and now you're on your own. No, he saved you so you could walk with him. He saved you so he could walk with you. He saved you so you could go through life together. Not separately. He said, A branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, and no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. Isn't that what we want to see? Don't we want to see many people save? Don't we want to see as many kids on the bus as we possibly can? Who says? Oh, we've got a little bit too many on the bus. Only, only a crazy person says that. Don't we want to reach our full potential? If the bus says seventy-two, then I mean, by George, we want seventy-two on there, right? Or by George, we want one hundred and two. I mean, that's that's how we work, right? If the bus, uh, if the classroom can hold thirty, we want sixty in there. I mean, th- this is this is the mentality. We want to give God everything. Well, you're not going to be able to do it without him. If you want to bear much fruit, you have to have a foundation of abiding. You ought to know what it is to walk with God. You have to know what it is to depend on God. He said, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Is that how you feel in your Christian life? Withered? Withered? Sickly? Dying? And dear friend, learn what it is to abide in Christ. Thank God for my salvation and it's all Jesus, but surrender is a decision that you must make. And abiding is a decision that you must make. Jesus provided the way for you to abide. You have to choose to surrender, get on that road and abide. Spend time, walk with God and don't neglect your walk with God here at Bible College. That is the foundation. You got to have that if you want to make it out there. And you got to have that if you want to make it to graduation, Yeah. by the way. Number two, the belt of truth. You can write down this. If I want to make it to the end, the goal, I need convictions. Convictions. What's the Bible say? Buy the truth and sell it not. I mean, nobody, nobody could take those convictions away. Nobody could shake that truth that is in your heart and mind. I I have two things written down here. One, we need some convictions about family. We have got to have some convictions about family, what God sees as a holy, healthy family had somebody ask me the other day, they said, uh, somebody was talking about, I mentioned in a sermon how it's perversion for two sodomites to raise a child. And they came up afterwards and said, there was another Christian family member and they were saying they didn't see anything wrong with it. Because uh, if there's two loving parents raising the child, (sighs) that makes me want to puke. I'm sorry, it just makes me, it's perversion. That's not God's definition. You see, if there's a Christian that had a conviction about what family was and what family meant in this day and age, we have got to have more convictions in this area than we have ever had before. Listen, God made it male and female. Created he them. God intended for male and female to marry, raise children together. That is a conviction that I have from the word of God. That's how God made it. What God hath put together, let no man put it under. Listen, I'm tell you, that's how God wants it then by golly that's how I believe it ought to be he if that's how God created it then I bought into that I believe that's what it's supposed to be that's my conviction I have a conviction about marriage I have a conviction about being a good husband If I hear a message on being a good husband, I haven't been doing everything, I am called to all good works. I'm supposed to reach my full potential as a man that loves his wife, as Christ loved the church. I'm convicted by that. I'm convinced that that is what I'm supposed to be. I might not be there yet, but I'm on my way. I'm headed there. And if you don't have a conviction about it, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. I've seen teenagers... I've heard them talk with friends. They never talk with their counselors about it, but they talk whether or not they're going to make it to the altar pure, whether they can hold hands, make, get some convictions about that stuff. I mean, I read in the Bible where it says, good for a man not to touch a woman when I was a teenager, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to make it to the altar and not be touching a woman. I didn't say I wouldn't be liking a woman. It's a little didn't say you have to be gay. <laughs> Did I want to touch well, Sure. But did I? No, and it can still be done. It needs to be proven to this generation that conviction will get you to the finish line. Why did I make it to the finish line? Because, dear friend, I read in the Word of God, I bought the truth, I sold it not, and you will cross that finish line if you've got some good old-fashioned Bible convictions. Not just convictions about family, but convictions about faith. What do you believe? What do you believe? Do you have... Can, can you give Scripture and verse for why Jesus is the Son of God? You say, I don't know. That's why you're here. This is the best place in the world to learn and get Bible convictions. Hey, and, uh, your Bible doctrines class, that's just not a class you got to get a credit for. That's convictions that will get you across the finish line. There you go. I know, I have been assured of what I have learned in the Word of God. I know of whom I have learned those things. I know their life, and I know their ministries. I know what they've given to me. I've observed what happens when people just buy the truth, and they they, they don't abandon it, and they don't chase the world, and they don't try to please the world. I've seen what God will do with somebody that just hangs on to Bible conviction. And dear friend, you have got to get some convictions if you're going to make it across the finish line, if you're going to get to the point where, you give God all the glory that he deserves. Then you better have some convictions about what you believe. I'm a fundamentalist. i got convictions about that. I'm a Baptist. Hey, what about taking Baptists off your sign? That's what you ought to do to somebody who does that. Just walk away. Don't even talk to them. I don't know about that. I'm going to get somebody arrested in here. (laughs) Tell me if it happens though. I'll call you and laugh at you because that's hilarious. (laughs) Convictions about faith. What do you believe? Why do you believe in your standards? You know why I haven't abandoned standards of dress in my church yet? I talked to a pastor one time. I was in ministry a couple of years pastoring, and I was having a hard time. How do, I, how do I work with standards? He said, this was his encouragement to me. Well, you believe it or you don't? <laughs> and At the end of the day, I believe it. Yep. Not a preference. I believe it from the Word of God. If you don't believe it's in the Bible, you won't fight for it. I promise you, you won't fight for it. You know the reason I fight? Who wants to fight all the time? Who wants to deal with one more problem one after the other? Who wants to deal with that? If it was up to me, I forget it. But I'll tell you, it's in the Bible. I can't get away from it. I I see how it works. I see what happens when you abandon it. I see from God's point of view why he asked us to do it. And I can't give it up. Yeah. I've got convictions about music, Bible convictions. You know, there's good music, bad music in the Bible. There is bad music you can find in the Bible. There's bad, there's good music you can find in the Bible. Well, we need to be able to have a line to determine which one's good, which one's bad. I've got Bible convictions. Why I believe that I I am headed the way that I'm headed. Why I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't have mama convictions or preacher convictions or church convictions. But I've got convictions from the word of God. Sit down with me. Study uh, uh, and and you'll find I, I hope to have a studied Bible. Well reasoned Bible answer for why I am doing what I am doing. I've got some Bible convictions. Romans 4.20 says Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also uh, able also to perform. Fully persuaded is conviction. Once a criminal has been convicted, there is no changing it. Conviction means you are convinced that this is true. Are you really convinced that these things are true, that you're learning here? If not, don't talk to the person who's sitting beside you. Talk to one of them. These are the men that have been there and done that. These are the men that have been challenged and fought on it and are still moving forward with it. There's a reason. So ask them. This man's written books on it. He'd be a good one to ask, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Now, why would you go to a podcast you have no idea what that guy's doing? You have no idea where he's going. You have no idea how his kid's gonna, listen, you got no idea, no clue what those ideas are gonna do. There's a reason for these things. Go search it out, study, ask, learn, but you better pick some convictions up before you get there if you're going to get to the finish line. How many people have fallen out of Bible college because they didn't pick up any convictions along the way? Number three, let's say righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. You write this down, directions, directions. If I'm going to make it to the finish line, I've got to have foundations. i got to learn what it means to walk with God. Of course, I have to be saved, but I have to learn what it means to be surrendered and walk with God. I need convictions. Convictions about Bible truth. I need righteousness. These are my directions. The Bible says in Psalm 106.3, Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Not sometimes. Not when everyone's looking but in your dorm room when you're all by yourself, when you when you go back home on a trip. I always thought it was funny, I, I remember one time I was given plasma down here and uh, I was out of college by then and I've been out for a few years and uh, there was, I went there, and the girl was pricking my blood there, and she saw my track, and she said, oh, are you from that uh, college down the road? Because right down the side, I said, yes. I said, yeah, I am. And she said, oh, there's a college student in here, and he was talking about all the rules, and you can't watch this movie and that movie. And I told her, I said, well, let me ask you something. It's called Bible College. They're preparing for ministry. I wasn't mean or rude to her. I said, they're preparing for ministry. They're going to serve the Lord, teach others to live for God according to the Bible. I said, don't you think that there wouldn't even need to be a rule about watching movies if they really wanted to do what they said they were there to do? Why would you even want to watch some of that stuff? Yep. Well, you don't even need a rule about it if your heart's for God. If you're here for the right reason, you won't be mad that there's a rule. He was down there complaining to some girl in the world about the rules. Everybody should have been down there giving her the gospel. And I'm not trying to be Billy Bible, but that is the truth. Yeah. I was able to just say, and she understood, because most people do understand sense, common sense. They understand it. Yep. Listen, righteousness will do you good because it brings the blessings of God in your life. In verse, uh, 1 John two twenty nine says, If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. You cannot take directions from two people at the same time. Let me just say this, you need directions if you're going to get where you're going. God's directions are in this book right here. You cannot take directions from two people at the same time. The Bible says, cleanse uh, your hands uh, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. You double-minded. You can't love God and the world at the same time. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. What I'm saying is choose who you're going to take directions from. Are you going to take directions from a Calvinist? Well, you won't be winning souls after a while. Are you going to take directions from a charismatic? You're going to be speaking gobbledygook, rolling around in tongues after a while. There's an independent Baptist. Well, no, he's not anymore. He used to be an independent Baptist preacher, and he's now interviewing Benny Hinn. How did that happen? Directions. He started getting his directions from somewhere other than this. Now, if I'm going to get to the finish line, I better have the right directions and I better have a GPS that knows where it's going. I remember we went to Florida. Uh, I was A guy asked me to be in a wedding and I went there and I used the GPS and I ended up somehow, some farm swamp somewhere. I mean, I, I thought I was going to get murdered and fed to alligators. Uh, it was creepy out there. <laughs> and uh, I said, thanks a lot, GPS. I had no idea where that thing, that thing had no idea where it was going. If you're going to make it to the finish line, if you're going to bring God as much glory Glorious, he deserves. You better get your directions from the right place. Let me say, number three it says your feet shod with the pre- or number three, whatever it is, four feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Your intentions. You better take the right intentions with you. If you're here to, you, I don't know what reason you're here for. Well, I've got two reasons, service and soul winning. And maybe I'll just stick on soul winning for a second. The Bible says the preparation of the gospel of peace. We are ready, instant, in season and out of season to preach the word of God. I, I fully believe this. I am fully persuaded that soul winning is the key to ministry. Soul winning is the great balance of ministry, And as soon as you do away with soul winning, it leads to so many other crazy things and crazy doctrines and crazy ideas. Dear friend, just do soul winning like the Bible has commanded, like we have been taught here. It works! My intention when I went to church is not to uh, build some great name or whatever. It's to reach as many people as I possibly can with the gospel. Let me say, when uh, what is your intention? Are you just wanting to preach? Or are you just wanting a position somewhere? or are you trying to find a person? Listen, what's your intentions here while you're in college? Is to learn or whatever? Why don't you start doing what you're learning to do? You know, you can reach people now. How many let somebody in Christ with uh, each one reach one? Thank God you're doing it. You don't have to wait. How many people sat in church and there was somebody in church that you didn't know? Maybe you saw a visitor that came to church. That's a person right there God's put in your church. You see, our ministry is not places or positions. It's people. People. And sometimes we get in the place, we're in the position, and we don't see the people. Go find somebody and sit beside them and say, boy, it's good that I'm glad that you're here. Uh, what's your name? Well, my name is this, and uh, this is your first time? No, I've been here for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, it still happens in my church. No, I'm <laughs> I meet people. Oh, really? I'm a deacon. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> Listen, it's okay. Why? You have a heart for people. It's going to give you balance. It's going to help you cross that finish line. It will keep you going. My intention is to reach people whether it's hard or not. That is what God has sent me out here to do. That is what God has left me on this earth to do. To run buses and knock doors and reach as many people with the gospel that I possibly can. I want to do it because that's what God has left me here to do. That's my intention in church. Let me, let me uh, move on here. Let me say faith. Bible says faith. Write down this word anticipations. You know, if my intention is to reach people, I anticipate to see God do what he said he would do. I was talking to somebody the other day and uh, I was visiting a church and we were on vacation and they mentioned, and they said, well, you know, soul winning, sometimes it just doesn't always produce. And I kind of was like, yeah, yeah, you know, but whether it does or not, we're supposed to go. I've heard this quite a bit, and, I, you know, I, I believe that 100%. I go because God told me to go, and, and uh, I, I start there. But I tell you, I was talking to him as I was walking away. I was thinking, you know what? I don't know if I believe that, because I started thinking about people in my church. I thought about 76 kids that rode on a bus and came to church. They come to church for several weeks now. Uh, We've been hitting high days on the bus. It's exciting. And I thought those 76 kids would not be in church if it wasn't for sewing. What do you mean it doesn't work? And then I started thinking about Chris and Ashley who started coming to church. We knocked on their door. They got saved. They've been coming to church just about every service. They're getting plugged in, excited about what God's doing in their life. They got saved. They got baptized. Tamika, who came and brought eight of her family, and she sat in the, uh, uh, she's been there, uh, most of the services, got baptized a little while ago. She's excited about what God is doing. I could give you person after person and family after family. Uh, people that have gotten saved from soul winning, from the buses. Don't tell me it doesn't work. I started going away. I was like, wait a second. I was like, yes, I go because God told me. But I anticipate to bring back some sheaves. I anticipate when I go fishing, who goes fishing saying, probably ain't going to catch anything. I just come out here to fish because I'm supposed to fish. (laughs) Nobody. Anybody that doesn't catch fish, they're, they're discouraged about it, Your friend. When I go out fishing, I'm hoping to catch a fish. Yep. I'm not out there feeding fish worms. Just feeding worms, just sowing the seed. No, if I sow seed, I want some corn to grow eventually. And if I put a worm in the water, I wanna catch a fish. I'm excited, and when I get one on the hook, Man, woo, it's good. I tell everybody about it and I start to tell hey, I got one that was this big and uh, their their story of sin gets deeper and deeper and worse and worse. <laughs> Pull out of the I pulled them out of a burning building and they got saved. I mean our stories keep growing. Some of those soul-winning stories you hear, you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, all right. You went around to the back door, yeah, all right. No, I'm fighting up with God forgive me. <laughs> No more. I'll tell you, those, those stories, they motivate me. Now, I got arrested last week after I tried to do that, but no. <laughs> I go, Brother Wells, you got bail money for me. You led, this, uh, you led me into this. That's exciting to me. I love that. I anticipate for God to do something. Amen. You know what he's saying? He anticipates for God to work. You know, I went by the hotel, our hotel. He's sitting there witnessing the two men right out front. And he got saved. I saw he posted that those two men got saved. I love that. I love people that anticipate for God to do something, for God to do what he said he wanted. Let me give you the last two things. Word of God, inspections. You know, you need to have inspections of your heart every now and then. And let the Word of God do its work in your life. Never get too big that God's Word can't speak to you. I want to be convicted I got convicted at the church growth conference under the preaching of every single one of those men. I got convicted. When I walked by and I saw Brother Wells winning those two men to the Lord, I got convicted. One of my men was here on, uh, with us on the trip and he said, I walked right by those two guys. He got convicted. And you know what he was doing in the, in the restaurants when we were going the next day? He was, he was handing out tracts everywhere. I love it! That's what the Word of God will do when it inspects and says, nah. Fix up some things over there. Thank God for his word. Let me say lastly, the Bible says to pray in the spirit. and I got this word devotions. Devotions. Paul said in all of his journeys and everything he wanted to see God do, and he anticipated great things like William Carey. Expect great things, attempt great things. But Paul's earnest desire was that he could know God just a little bit more than he did the day before. When I got married to my wife, I told her that I loved her. But that's not the last time that I've told her that I loved her. I told her 10 years ago. I told her, uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> I keep falling in love with her. The more I learn, the more we're together, the more I fall in love with her. The songs go, he gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. I keep falling in love with Him over and over and over and over again. When I first fell in love with Jesus, I gave Him all my heart, and I thought I couldn't love Him more than I did right at the start. But now I look back over the mountains and the valleys where I've been, and it makes me know I love Him so much more than I did. The longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows, and the more that I love Him, more love He bestows. Each day is like heaven, my heart overflows, the longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows. In all of this work, don't forget your devotion. The reason you're doing this is because He first loved you. And He gave you grace and mercy to be even on the journey. Thank God for a God of mercy and love. And how sweet it is to kneel down in prayer or to kneel down and just hear from Him and His Word and spend some time. Don't forget your devotions.